prepare your ears, humans. Happy, sad, confused begins now. Today on Happy, Sad, Confused, Thaisa Farmiga enters the Gilded Age. Hey guys, I'm Josh Horowitz, and welcome to another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. And yes, a new first-time guest on the pod, Ms. Thaisa Farmiga. She is, as I said, starring in this new, very much anticipated series on HBO, The Gilded Age. It is from Julian Fellows, he of Downton Abbey fame, very much in that spirit. Big production design, big costumes, an amazing ensemble, though this time, of course, it is set in New York and features the likes of Christine Baranski and Carrie Coon and Nathan Lane. I mean, every scene, there's another amazing actor, and Thaisa Farmiga is certainly front and center as part of this great ensemble. Uh, this was a great excuse to catch up with her. She is an actor that I've known for many years. We've chatted on about a number of projects, whether it's The Bling Ring, American Horror Story, The Final Girls, um, uh, oh, The Nun, her biggest box office hit, The Nun. We cover pretty much all of it in this great chat. Um, you will adore Taisa if you don't already after listening to this chat. I do want to mention there is a lot of exciting stuff going on in the happy, sad, confused world. We have announced officially, the news is out there. Lucy, if you can hear her in the background, she, she is very excited about this too. The news is out there, guys. Happy, sad, confused. Lucy, I'm trying to deliver momentous news to the audience. <laughs> she, she's growling. She's upset because she knows she's not going to be there. I can't bring a dog to this, but I can bring human beings. And hopefully if you're in New York, you'll be there March 1st, 8 p.m., New York. Happy, Sad, Confused Live with Sam Hewen. Of course it's appropriate. Our first Happy, Sad, Confused Live event back since... The crazy days of COVID began two years ago is, of course, with our beloved Sam Hewen. I am so psyched for this, guys. Tickets are on sale now through the 92nd Street Y. Um, it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be me and Sam. What more can I say? We always get into crazy shenanigans. It will be fun and silly and maybe semi-smart occasionally. We'll give you a sneak peek at the new season of Outlander. There's a lot to catch up on. Um, I could, can't think of a better guest to re-enter the live event world um, of Happy Sad Confused than Mr. Sam Hewen. As I said, tickets are on sale right now through the 92nd Street Y. I'll put the link up in the show notes so you can't uh, avoid it. Uh, I should say for those of you that are not in New York, can't be there, I get it, it's hard. It's I don't expect all of you to live in New York, what can I say? Um, there is a virtual option. You will be able to purchase virtual tickets. So you've got that going for you. Also worth mentioning, it's going to be on the podcast. You're going to be able to listen to it for free. So there are a variety of options for you guys, okay? You come see us in person. That's my number one hope, to see as many of you as possible. Or watch us virtually, or listen to it on the podcast a little bit later for free. Whatever you like. I hope you enjoy it. I am, I'm just thrilled beyond belief that we are back to doing live events, doing them as safely as possible. Um, and doing it with someone that I begrudgingly admit I really like, Sam Hewen. So I hope to see a lot of you guys out there. Um, let's see, other things to mention. Well, I mean, check out also, by the way, on Patreon, we are offering a discount. So if you want it, now might be the time for you guys to join the Patreon. Patreon.com slash happy, sad, confused. There is a 20% option through Patreon for tickets, just to say it. Also, as always, video versions of the podcast, including this conversation with Taisa Farmiga, will be offered on the Patreon. Game nights. Oh, God, guys, I haven't even mentioned the game nights. 
should I tell you the next one? I'm going to tell you the next one. You know what? I'm just going to say it. I'm going to say the next one. I think this is the next one. I'm thinking through in my head now. Yeah. The next game night is with Jodie Comer and Sandra Oh. Very excited. We uh, we shot this a little uh, while ago. They were a delight. Of course, Jody and I uh, go way back. Sandra, I, I've not never done really anything of significance with Sandra, so that was a real treat. Um, that's a new game night that's going to be exclusively on the Patreon. What more can I give you guys? Also, by the way, there's like we all, we have an extra. We have another game night in the can. You guys are going to love. Um, we recently debuted the one with the Once Upon a Time cast. There's, there, we probably have like 12 or 15 game nights on the Patreon page if you want to delve into that. Um, when you subscribe at that exclusive shows level, you have access to every single past episode. So give it a try if you are so inclined. Um, let's see, other things to mention. Well, I think I mentioned this last week, but we are now in the week of Uncharted coming out, which means my conversation slash conversations with Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg are about to be released. I did a great chat with them for MTV, and then I did a uh, much sillier chat with them for Comedy Central. So a lot there. What else can I tease? I don't know. Some more exciting Comedy Central stuff cooking. Um, some Batman stuff cooking. Can I say I've seen Batman? They're not gonna. They're not going to get angry if I say that right. I've seen Batman. The Batman, to be precise. I, I, I know I can't say anything more than that, so I'll just say, I'll leave it there. Um, but uh, Batman stuff coming soon. Yes, I'm excited too. Okay, anyway, now I sound like a dork. Um, let's go to my conversation with the uh, extremely talented, the vivacious, the what's a good adjective? The charming. It's just simply, she's just simply charming. Um, here's me and Thaisa Farmiga. Well, the tie heads are going to be very excited. We got Thaisa Farmiga. Is that what they call call your fans? What do they call the Thaisa Farmiga fans? Oh, I have no idea. I don't. I don't think there's a proper name. I mean, I've been doing this for a decade, and I don't think there's a proper name unless I'm that out of touch with social media and the internet. Which I'm so I aloof. You're so out of it. You know. I have to listen. I hide. <laughs> Technology <laughs> scares me. I swear to God. Um, I no, I am excited to catch up. We've never had a chance to do kind of our deep dive conversation. Always a fan of yours. Congratulations on the Gilded Age, the ginormous undertaking from Julian Fellows. Um, it's funny because it's like outside of like a Marvel movie or like a Star Wars movie, like no, nothing gets this kind of budget. So it's kind of cool to see like the resources to bear that the Downton Abbey name yeah. can bring, right? So congrats. Oh, yeah, thank you, gosh. I appreciate it. I'm happy to be here. I'm excited to chat. All right, so so uh, a lot to dig into. Uh, first, I mentioned uh, the Taisa Farmiga uh, obsessives. We don't know what their names are, but let's talk about what you were what you were into growing up. Who who would you have been the president of a fan club of? What were the posters in the Man. room? Let's 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 dive deep um, from the start. All right, let's 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 get into it. Um, for <laughs> me, like, I yeah. I'm like I'm like shit. What was I? No, I um I read a lot of Harry Potter fanfic when I was a teenager. That was my outlet. That was Wait, my way did, to like. Did you actually read the Harry Potter books? You just skip right to I the did. fanfic? No, no. Okay, good. <laughs> no, no, no. I read the books, watched films, went back and forth, you know, between the books and the movies coming out. I remember reading the last book and I was just like, damn, that's it. Like, it's done. And I was so sad. So I started like Googling, like, what do you do when you finish a book? And, and then I discovered this world of fan fiction. 
what was, so were you the right age for that? Like when the books were coming out every year, like, were you like at the bookstore? Was that, was it? Yeah. I mean, my, I think, yeah. Um, I, I don't remember like specific age, but I remember like my brother was super into them and he's six years older than me. Um, but I mean, like as soon as he, I mean, he would have to read it first, of course, cause you know, seniority bullshit, he would get it first <laughs> and I would get my hands on it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I was like, I don't know. I don't know the years it came out, but I was like right there. Were you, were you, have you been, you've been sorted? I take it. What, what house are you in? Ravenclaw. Were you, pr- I can't tell if you're proud or you're resigned. I am. You- I am proud. It's hard too, because I've been living with a Slytherin. My partner is a Slytherin. <laughs> oh, that's going to be dangerous. Can be dangerous. <laughs> so I feel yeah. like, you know, I'm, uh, I'm definitely a Ravenclaw, but you know, it's been, it's been a fun few years. <laughs> <laughs> have you done the Wizarding World? Uh, no, I haven't. Crowds kind of freak me out. I like <laughs> IE fanfic. You get to experience everything through, you know, like a okay. nice screen. Now, I, as I recall, and we're going to dance around, we're going to jump around because my, my brain works this way. Maybe the first time I met you was actually with Emma uh, Watson. Um, I think for, so. For definitely, yeah, for sure. Um, my recollection, I don't expect you to remember this, but I have a weird photo that commemorates when I think maybe I met you. We were, we did like, Didn't a, we take a selfie. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> you listen. It is such a weird photo because it's like, it's, it's me and the cast of Bling Ring, which included you and Emma, of course. And, um, we did like a special MTV event on a stage at the universal city walk. Yeah. I remember there being a, I couldn't remember. I remember it being like a big thing. It wasn't just like walking into a room or like doing the press junket and you're just like circled through. It was like a thing. Oh, this was a thing. And the thing included for, I don't even know why, whose idea it was me like probably like a 30 year old dude, way too old to be doing a silly <laughs> selfie, um, but doing a selfie. And it was like, I don't know. I feel like Emma was like flashing like gang signs. It was like a weird, it was a weird photo. The photo exists. Probably the photo does exist. Someone's going to find it and pull it up. That's I someone... remember seeing it. I feel like I get tagged in it every so often on Instagram. You know what I mean? Like it, it recycles, it comes up. Oh no, that's probably me tagging you and I'll do it again. Don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So growing up, uh, let's get into some biographical detail. Big family. I did not yes. realize how many, do I have this right? The youngest of seven? Yes. I'm number seven. I have six older siblings. Wow. Okay. So mm-hmm. were you left to your own devices? Did they feed you enough? Like, did they remember you were around? What was, what was the dynamic? Um, a little bit of it all. Yeah. I feel like I was left to my devices a lot, my own devices a lot because, um, both my parents worked and, um, you know, my mom worked part-time, my dad worked full-time. Um, and you know, sh- again, I, my, my brother would always, ar- was always around. He's six years older. My sister's three years older than me, the closest, my closest two siblings. So there's always like, there's always like someone who was technically allowed to watch me around. So, you know, we just kind of, we were just kind of left, but, um, yeah, my parents, it's the same parents for all the kids. And the first four kids were born 11 years, no kids. And then the last three. So it's kind of like two, two groupings. Got it. It's funny because I looked up, I'm the youngest of only three, but I looked up then I was curious, like, I, I never remember this, but like what, like the characteristics are people say are mm-hmm. endemic of youngest. And I don't uh-huh. fit, I, I only fit like half of these. I'm curious how were you, how you, think right. you fit into these. So it said here, according to my uh, Googling, uh, highly social. Uh, it's not me. Is that you? Um, no. I mean, if you throw me into, if you throw me into a social situation, I can like turn on and, and, and do it, but like, I don't speak them out. You know what I mean? Yeah, same. I, I relate to that. Confident? Would you consider yourself a confident person? I'm pretty confident, okay. but like that developed in my that developed in my twenties, and I was like I was a shy, insecure, antisocial teenager. Right. 
gotcha. i.e. fanfic. Yep. Yep. I got, okay. We're speaking the same language. A uh, creative. Yes, of course. Right. That's us. Yeah, I'm creative. I mean, I have to say that I, I, I would like, I would first define myself as logical above creative. Oh, interesting. I have a very mathematical brain. I've always loved numbers and finance and chess. And, um, I was, uh, I was definitely the 13 year old in chess club. Um, Does and that creative, I to, like, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> well, creative. Yes. Because obviously like acting is a very creative outlet, but for me, sometimes it's like, I don't know. I love approaching the, the emotions of it and, and, and sorting out human emotion. And it kind of, it feels like an equation to me. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Well, and then this, this goes hand in hand with that. It says good at problem solving. So that sounds about right. Oh yes. Oh my God. Give me a problem. I will solve it. <laughs> so were you, according to the uh, never reliable worldwide web homeschooled after the fourth grade? Mm-hmm. I was from, yeah. Fourth grade through high school. Okay. So again, we talked, we've talked a little bit about sort of like finding your place, being social or not social mm-hmm. as a teenager. How did that, I don't know, how did that help hinder you acclimating, relating to kids your age? Cause that's a, obviously a unique, unique for experience. Sure. For sure. Um, you know, I think I was lucky because in the area of, of New Jersey, where we lived, there was actually a pretty um, big homeschool community. So I feel like we definitely, we, we, we had um, class, uh, classes and activities outside the home. So we got to interact and socialize with people. Um, you know, I think coming from a family of so many older siblings, I had people to speak for me. So a lot of times, you know, sometimes the youngest they'll say is loud because they have to be heard. But right. I don't know. I was kind of more I was more of the observant one watching and, you know, yes. speaking only when I when I had something really good to say. Got it. Got it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you know, socialization. Actually, it wasn't really until I started acting then and, and, and playing, um, getting to play other characters and pull out parts of my own personality to put to instill in these characters that I figured out kind of who I was and, and, and really how to communicate. So it's interesting. Usually I, uh, I, I go to the, the comfort movie. I ask people to, to select a little bit later on in the conversation, but this kind of dovetails mm-hmm. with what we're talking about a bit. What I'm curious if it's a, a reason, maybe you relate to this story. Uh, you chose a comfort movie that, that I would guess a lot of people share uh, with you. Uh, what did you mm-hmm. select? Tyson? I selected mean girls. So the, protagonist of Mean Girls is indeed a homeschooled young woman okay. uh, who maybe hasn't been socialized in the in the way that others have. Did you find yourself relating to that character when you first saw the film? For sure. You know, I don't even remember the first time I, I don't remember the first time I watched it, but I know like subsequent times, like definitely, you know, I was, I was a moody teenager. I was antisocial. I was homeschooled. You know, I think I, I think I appreciated the, um, I don't know, sort of like analytical, um, um, like view of what high, public high school could be through the eyes of an outsider. Um, right. So for sure, I'm, I'm sure that played into it. But at the time, it wasn't like, oh, she's homeschooled like me. <laughs> that only it was came just in more podcasts like, oh, later. She's weird. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, years later after the fanfic. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, by my math, you would have been about 10 years old when it came out. Do you think you saw mm-hmm. it when it first came out? Like, do you remember when you first started to really get into it and why? I don't I don't have um, I like I was trying to remember to see if like I can't remember when I first saw it I don't know if I saw it in theaters I just have no recollection of it whatsoever the first time I watched it I just remember like every time I'd scroll on tv it's like oh Mean Girls is on again you know what I mean it's just sort of like yeah has always been there yep so who uh, do you have a favorite character in there like what jumps out at you Um, favorite character favorite scene obviously very quotable movie what are the very quotable movie um favorite character is always Janice Mm -hmm. um I don't know. I just loved her. I mean, it's probably why I also was attracted to Violet from American Horror Story, my, my first character, because she kind of just like says what she, you know, what she thinks and how she feels. There's no bullshit. I love that. Yep. Um, favorite scene? Uh, 
I don't know. There's like, it's just, I feel like every scene has some sort of highlight. I think my favorite quote, I don't remember when it comes to the movie, but it's like when, when um, Amanda Seyfried's character is like, I think I have ESPN. My 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 boobs can feel when 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 it's gonna rain. I I always died. I was like ESPN. Ah. Perfection. The genius of Tina Fey, right there. Oh uh, my course. god, so good. It's so damn funny. So yeah, for for those, I mean, everybody knows, but uh, directed by Mark Waters, who's interesting because he, uh, you know, 10, 15 years prior had done Heather's, of course, which similarly really captured a, a, a generation, a zeitgeist kind of moment and yeah. written by the great Tina Fey. So have you, um, I'm always curious, like of these movies that we love, <clears throat> excuse me, have you interacted? Have you ever met Tina Fey? Have you uh, um, met Lindsay Lohan <laughs> or, any, or Rachel McAdams? Yeah, no, uh, yes, Rachel McAdams, yes. No, never met Tina Fey. Um, I have met, um, oh my God, who plays, who plays, uh, Leslie, no, uh, Amy Poehler. I met Amy oh, Poehler course. once, yeah, but yeah. I was like wasted and you know, I don't, it was at some party and I'm pretty sure I just like grinned at her the whole time. Um, the best way to, to, to meet our heroes always when we're a little, <laughs> little drunk. A little more confident. Yeah. Um, no, so yeah, Rachel McAdams, I, um, I did, uh, I did this, this, I did a, a live reading of this play called Charming for the Blacklist. Um, and Rachel McAdams was one of the other like, few actors that that did this. And um, yeah, I mean, I was pretty freaking giddy when I, you know, when I got to got to meet her. I mean, I didn't show it. I always like I like that pool outside. I don't you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I was freaking giddy. And, and I go up to her and I be stay high. And she's just um, I don't know. She's just so intelligent and gorgeous and so personable. And I crushed so hard. And I just like was in a daze. <laughs> She's very Canadian. Very nice. Very, very nice. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> so that, that was definitely, that was definitely a highlight. I've seen the, have you seen the musical? I've seen the musical here in New York. It's pretty great. And I'm not, not wouldn't necessarily be my cup of tea you would think on paper, but I really dug it. I would highly Wait, recommend the musical it. for, for Mean Girls. Oh no, I haven't seen it. Definitely recommend it. Yeah. Cool. Have you seen, wait, jumping back to Harry Potter. Have you seen Cursed Child? No, I haven't. What? We, we, we got tickets. I can't remember what happened, but then we had to get, we had to sell them because I don't know, work, I don't know, work, something, you know, something came up, but no, I haven't seen it. Again, like, that's the thing. It's like, I don't know, like, I'll fangirl right in front of me, but then I don't, I don't go to the outside things (laughs) as much. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Except when you're- I like to fangirl in private. (laughs) Yeah, it's a special time. Taste of time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, yeah. Gosh. Um, okay. So as people may or may not know, um, of course, uh, people, of course, know Vera is your sister. Uh, she, you know, she predates you, of course, career wise, but also the fact that like you weren't and uh, it wasn't your ambition to be an actor uh, growing up. But then if I do the math, she was being very, she was very successful when you were probably, I don't know, 10, 12. She probably had already been nominated by uh, for an Oscar. Yeah. She was in Departed, Up in the Air, et cetera. So I'm curious, like what your view was, like, were you, were you ever on sets? Were you visiting her? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. I mean, not too many times. It wasn't like a common occurrence, but definitely got to visit her on set. Um, uh, I remember like the first set I remember visiting was in Vancouver. And I think it was a, a TV show she did called UC Undercover. Okay. It was some like cop show. Nice. Um, and I just remember that Crafty had these like little bite-sized brownies and that was all I did for about seven days straight was sneak into Crafty and eat brownies. Um, and and I that was the day little, you decided you wanted to be an actor. You're like, wait, free brownies? Free brownies? Um, no, like I, I was into it, but like, 
I don't know, I, you know, food. <laughs> no, I, I get it. Lights, cameras, food. <laughs> like what? The pillars of um, life right there. Yeah, yeah. No, my sister, my sister Larissa, she, um, she was like sitting by the monitor. She's three years older than me. So I think she was like 13, 14 at the time. And um, you know, she had the headphones on, I was at the monitor and she was super excited. And she was like, hmm, I think I like the second take. Whereas wow. I was way in the back. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It was always Vera's job. It was, um, mm. yeah, it's just kind of like what she did to make money and it was super cool, but I don't know. I wanted to be an accountant. <laughs> right. <laughs> I want to do something glamorous like accounting, but you weren't like excited, but like, you know, I would think most kids like, oh my God, my sister is in a movie with Leonardo DiCaprio and Matt Damon. My sister's like hanging out with yeah. George Clooney. That didn't register in a way. It was, I mean, it was no, kind the of George, work. Clooney, George Clooney for sure. Um, Cause I was, you know, before I started acting, I was, so when I was like 14, uh, like 13, 14, 15, I um, started traveling with, oh no, I guess it must have been like 15 because I started traveling with Vera as the babysitter um, when she was filming because she gave birth to her son, Finn. Um, and immediately, I think not even like a month later, she had to go film, <clears throat> excuse me, up in the air. Wow. Yeah. Um, so I was, you know, jet setting with her and I was the babysitter. And I love that. Um, which one thing homeschooling I was super happy about gave me the flexibility to like hop on a plane and go. Right. Um, but yeah, no, for sure. Like I remember how excited the women at my mom's work in the doctor's office got when they were like, you met George Clooney. I was like, yeah, you get the top of my head. They're like, did you wash your hair? I was like, yeah, I washed my hair. Don't be weird. <laughs> but let me tell you about the brownies that were on the set. You got George Clooney. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so no, I mean, there was always, I don't know. I guess I kind of grew up with like that being the normal for Vera that it didn't really, um, yeah, like obviously I knew people around the world. I mean, like people around our world, um, whether it's the women in my mom's office or wherever, um, or kids at school, they, um, oh, wow, your sister's an actress. But it kind of just, it just was what it was because Vera was always Vera when she was home. You know, she's my older sure. sister, just like, take me a noogie, you know? <laughs> I hope the noogies have stopped by now. <sighs> you know, actually they don't. They happen <laughs> like when I don't, when I don't expect it, it happens. Oh, God, always got to be on the defensive. Um, so your entry was through Vera again. She's She was directing a film and uh, she looked no further than you. And for, so like, what was your attitude about that? Like when you, when you agreed to be in the film, was it like, hey, it'll be a fun summer or whatever it is you shot and that's it? Or was it like, all right, maybe this is the thing. Maybe this will be a real thing. I was super excited. It was during the summer, it was the start of summer. I was super excited to get away from my parents for two months. <laughs> I mean, I was 15, you know what I mean? Like who wants to be, who wants to be stuck at home with, with parents telling you what to do. And I, you know, hormone imbalances and feelings and all that going on. I was excited to hang out with Vera and, and her husband, my brother-in-law, Ren, who I just adore. And again, Vera just had her son, Finn. Funny enough, he played my 15 month old daughter in the film Higher Ground that Vera directed. Right. Um, so when I wasn't when I wasn't filming, I was babysitting him and, and it was nice to just be on set. I think that was the first time I ever realized or the first time I ever, yeah, I realized that like I enjoyed the set atmosphere. Like mm -hmm. I just loved the camaraderie and how quickly it feels like a family and, and you're all in this together. There's not very many jobs where you work 14 hours a day and, and, and you rely on each other emotionally too. Right. I thought was, that was cool. Was did that set the precedent? You got a car out of the gig, as I understand it. So I now, did. I got. You, I got a. I got a 2004 Toyota Tacoma pickup. Still, where, it was my favorite car. Did it, did it last a while? I assume it's. It lasted a long time. Yeah. Yeah, it's been retired now. It was sold for parts. Um, but I let my. <laughs> she was a beaut. Um, no, but I. Um, 
Yeah, it lasted a while. It lasted a while, but then I was I was in LA and I didn't I didn't bring it to Los Angeles. It did take me to actually it did take me to um, New Orleans from Jersey to New Orleans for season three of American Horror Story. There you go. Um, took me there, got me back and forth to work, drove me home back all the way to New Jersey after it was done. So ah, it's a good truck. So, and now you demand a different automobile on every project I take it. Oh That's, yeah, yeah, for sure. I have You're... like a 20 car garage. <laughs> right. So you and Jay Leno, just car collectors, <laughs> famous car collectors. Yeah, except, <laughs> except they have, they like, the only rule is that they have to be certified pre-owned. Right. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> um, so you mentioned American Horror Story, which, I mean, mm-hmm. again, for those that know you a little bit about you, it's this kind of irony where you... You get this, and from what I gather, it's a pretty early audition, if not like the mm-hmm. first, maybe the second. And it's my first set- TV audition. So it sets you on this bizarre path that like wasn't necessarily, it's not your thing. It's not your genre. And yet For it sure. has become what you are most identified with. Um, give me a sense of sort of <gasps> journey of you <sighs> as a scream queen, as a horror yeah. maven. Um, yeah. have, you, have you wrestled with it? Have you kind of been like, okay, at a certain point, I need to put a cap on this or like I'll own it as far as it will take me you know I think recently I've had both those feelings where it's like okay it's cool like I love I love that I'm loved for this and this is what I and this is what has got me so far in my career and then I'm like oh I want to do something different come in Gilded Age which you know scratch that itch and it's great and then also when um my 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 partner my husband he's um he's a writer producer and you know we really love to work together We, we met through friends we've never gotten to collaborate and so we've been, there's been projects that we're working on trying to develop and stuff. And I find myself that I'm drawn to like horror, horror adjacent. Like I call it away like two turns away from horror. And it's just, um, I don't know. I love it. I don't know whether it was meant for me or I just, you know, my, it came at a perfect moment um, in my like development and growth as, as, a, as an adult and as an actor. Um, but it's funny because it's the absolute opposite of what I like to watch. Right. But you send me a script you send me a comedy script and I'm like, well, I don't know. I, I don't know. I can't do that. I don't, I don't, there's the character. What's there. I don't know. Interesting. But you, but you, um, but then you give me like the darkest, most up script yeah. and I want to do it. Talk to me. Okay. So, and where, and where does Gilded Age fit into that? Is that something, is that the kind of stuff you would be watching or is that like horror in a different way? No. Not necessarily the thing you would watch. Not necessarily the thing I would watch. Mm. Um, I mean, but don't get me wrong. Once I, once I booked the job, I, I went and started watching Downton Abbey or it was before I had the, I knew they were interested in me and they liked my audition. I was going to meet with Michael Engler and have the, um, like a director's audition session. And it, once I got that, I started watching Downton Abbey because I'm like, okay, shit, gotta, you know, gotta brush up. I don't want to, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to say the wrong thing or not have an answer. You, you sound just like a Downton Abbey character saying, oh shit, I gotta brush up. <laughs> oh fuck, here we go. <laughs> right. I was perfect for it. You sound just like Maggie Smith. It's crazy. I'm pretty, uh, I ended up watching, I think, like three seasons of, of, of Downton Abbey before I even realized that I was on season three. And I'm like, what the hell? Why is this so addicting? Yeah. Um, which is probably why I, I enjoyed some of the scripts and, and the audition. But I mean, like, it's such a funny fit because Gladys is, yeah, my, so my character from Gilded Age, like, she definitely is a, reminds me of, of, say, she's 17, but she reminds me of like 15, parts of 15-year-old me. But um, I remember meeting Michael Engler, the director in the audition. And, you know, I don't know, we were just talking about it. And he was like, oh, he's like, do you, have you? do you really love watching like period pieces? You, you fall into it so easily. Like this, you must, this is a passion of yours. And I was like, well, I was like, I don't know. Uh, I'm a stoner. I like to watch Rick and Morty. <laughs> and I walked out of the audition and I was like, I called, I called my husband or I guess he was my fiance. I don't know. I called my, I called my partner, my dude. And um, I was like, shit, I don't know if I just 
said the wrong thing. I should have talked about Downton Abbey. Amazing. It clearly yeah. was the right thing. So what, what is, I mean, it's funny because I've talked to so many actors about prep for different kinds of roles and you, you know, the, the cliche is you talk to an actor, they're going to do like the World War II movie and they like train with like, you know, the Marines for three months and they're yeah. in boot camp and whatever. Like, this is a different kind of precision though that like, I mean, you have to like, there is a very precise manner of the way you walk and speak and forks you use. It sounds, maybe it sounds silly or doesn't sound silly to people, but you have to like buy that authenticity. Mm-hmm. Was there kind of an odd, unique prep work to fully inhabit this world? Oh yeah, um, for sure. I mean, they, I mean, production from the beginning was, was amazing. They, they got me working, or they got everybody, but speaking from my experience, they got me working with, um, Howard Samuelson, who is the dialect coach and, and um, yeah, just start one piecing together the, 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 the speaking habits and, and, and how to work on that, getting into it. Um, you know, it was interesting because it, it started off way more proper and specific and closer to the time period. But when we finally got towards filming, they had tweaked in there like, look, we don't want to alienate modern audiences because it sounds so different. Right. So I was happy that they found like a, a happy medium of sounding okay, this doesn't sound like now, but it doesn't sound like way over then. Yeah, I got you. Um, but yeah, for prep work, for sure, HBO had put together, or production had put together this sort of, um, um, this like dossier, this research Bible of all the information you needed to know about the 1880s, everything from just everyday sort of um, manners and, and, and social etiquette to, um, you know, how to hold your fork, how to, you know, how to curtsy at a man, how, um, I don't know, how the railroads were working at the time, and how much money people were making, and, you know, the, the divide between poverty and, and, and the wealthy, and how much manure <laughs> covered the streets in New York every day. It was going to smell like shit when you go outside. So think about that. Um, I'd rather not. You know. how, how much manure, by the way? Do you have a... Do you have oh, a- my God. I think it was like... Uh, <laughs> uh, I wish I had this factor in down. Okay, it was like... Okay. It was like, it was, it was a few, it was a few hundred tons, Okay. a few hundred tons a month. <laughs> you, a could say, you could say anything and I would be like, Honestly, that's a lot was, of manure. Was, that's a lot. It was, the streets were covered. The streets yeah. were, it basically it was streets made of horse crap. I do feel like that's a thought that crosses my mind sometimes in watching films or TV of this period is like, this all looks great, but it probably smells horrible. It smells terrible. Oh like, yeah. I mean, plumbing, when, the lack of plumbing, all of it. It's just, oh, not, yeah. Everyone, and yeah. even when we're filming the exterior scenes, you have the horses going like, man, they're, they're, they're real creatures. They got to do their thing. Yeah. And it kind of yeah. helped us get into the character. You, uh, this is one of those series that like every actor, like, like on the, like the sixth person in the scene is like the best, like New York theater actor. Like, it's just like, it's crazy. Like It's ridiculous. I, I forget. I think that they were saying it was like 17 Tony award winning actors. And then I heard the number jumped up to like 20 plus. I don't know. It's, it's phenomenal. We were so lucky that, I mean, lucky the one positive, I think of filming during COVID was that Broadway had been shut down. So there, um, there was a lot of availability with those actors and yeah. we're so fortunate to people that have had them. Um, one actor that I positively love, and I know you adore uh, the great Carrie Coon, ah! um, who's delightful. She, she is so delightful. She was on the podcast like a year ago when she was shooting this and I mm-hmm. forgot to hit record. Uh, and we had to do the podcast the second time <laughs> and yeah. she did it without a, she did it. I'm sure. And I'm sure she did it just as well with just as much energy and enthusiasm. She's, she's awesome. She's, she's a unique, I, she's a character. She's like, kind of like awesome. She's, uh, she's really, really cool. She makes me so happy. I think she makes the entire room happy. Like 
I don't know how else to explain it. She's so unapologetically herself. And she's not just like this, like smiley, happy woman. She's fucking cool. Yeah. And she's like got an edge to her, but she's also caring and kind at the same time. And it's such a perfect mix. And, and, um, yeah, I, I, I loved working with her and she would always pick on me and tease me. And that's how I knew she loved me. And it was, it was so it was so perfect for the Bertha Gladys um, dynamic, you know, between Carrie and I. Well, you're in good company. I mean, I know this from talking to her and hearing stories like from her, her feature debut was in Gone Girl and she like gave no less than David Fincher shit. And I think that's why he responded to her because he's like, he is also that kind of character and like yeah. respects, respects the back and yeah, forth. Yeah, so absolutely. Awesome. She's so cool. And, she, and on top of that, being a rad person, she's also just a phenomenal actress. Totally. Totally. So um, one question from the audience, I always ask uh, the listeners for questions from mm-hmm. Jen Caden wanted to know what's one surprising thing you learned while working on set. I guess this is outside of the manure. I um, mean, the manure one was pretty overwhelming. It's to hard to top that, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I knew the amount. I should have memorized it. You know, uh, Blake Ritson, who plays Oscar Van Ryan, he would have been able to tell you. Damn Oscar. <laughs> um, most interesting thing I learned, I would say, oh, so part of Okay, so we were talking a little bit before about um, the research and prep. We did the dialect, and also they gave us like this dossier of all the information, which we all read through. But they also um, hired professors and historians, or historians and professors, Erica Dunbar and Helen Vate, who gave a series of lectures um, on the 1880s. So, like, you know, we sort of had, um, I don't know, there was like, there was like etiquette and health and nutrition with Helen Vate. And then there was um, gender and, and race studies with, with uh, Erica Dunbar of that time period. And, yeah. um, so some of the things we, um, some of the, like, what am I trying to say? Like, one, it was a phenomenal image of having the entire Gilded Age cast from like Christine Baranski to me, to Harry Richardson, to everybody se- seated at these like tiny little school desks, taking notes at our lectures so and cool. learning all about um, like the etiquette. And that covers so much. The, I think the, the, the thing that I found the most interesting was learning about um, eating habits and stuff everything had to be super slow. Like you can't make noise. Your fork can't clink on the plate. You can't, no noise. You can't express pleasure or happiness or joy or anything about eating. Like it, like if food tastes good, you can't express it. You can't be grateful for like the beautiful meal. You can't say thank you to the servants. But what, yeah, what freaked me out the most was like, they're like, oh, eating is our most animalistic behavior. And, and and they wanted to disassociate from that as far as possible. So everything had to be like, literally, I think there's a scene where Carrie takes like one P on her fourth. And that's not just like an actor messing up. That's literally what you're supposed to do. <laughs> wow. Amazing. Yeah. No yummy noises. No, mm, no, mm, that's not. Wow. <laughs> no, none of that. Um, so backtracking a bit. Okay. So we talked mm-hmm. a little bit about the stuff leading into this and obviously American horror story. We should mention, I, I'm just curious, like what it does for a career when among the the projects you've been in in that kind of genre um the nun was huge like i didn't even realize how yeah. huge it was like yeah. i mean budget to box office it's like mm-hmm. probably one of the most profitable films in recent years yeah um, for sure does that well i guess a couple questions on that uh, just mm-hmm. you're you're the lead in that you are the nun so does that change you've probably been the lead a few times already but you know mm-hmm. a bigger budget more eyeballs oh, on for it sure, you knew. yeah did that feel like a a jump, a different kind of pressure. Did you embrace that moment? What, what do you recollect from? Um, yeah, it was, it's a, I love the nun. I mean, I love that whole experience. I think it was one of the performances that I looked that I, when I first watched it, I was so genuinely happy 
with the work that I did and I saw all my prep work and I saw all of it go into my performance and I'm very hard on myself. I'm a perfectionist. Like, you know, it's not something that's easy for me to say. And it felt so good to, to see something come out the way, you know, close to what you would imagine. Um, I'll also say at that time period for like two and a half years. So between from the start of filming that to when it, it, it premiered, I was dealing with, um, just like health issues for, Mm. for, um, that time. And, and, so yes, yeah, so like when this movie was coming out, I found out I had a parasite in my blood. I was feeling so, I was just emotionally so drained and have anything left to give physically. I was so weak and tired. Um, but it was around the time that the, the premiere was there and I was just so, so happy. So it was like funny to think I was so excited for this thing. I remember I was living, I was living in like Hollywood Hills near Franklin and Cohanga and they had in Los Angeles and they had the, there's like this wall where they put up all the movie posters. And like one day we drove by and it was half my face on every single poster. And of course you go and like, you take your, you take your selfies. Of course. And, um, but it was jarring. Cause like, I forget, I don't know. I just, you just, yeah, I was so in like into personal stuff that like right. you forget that the world's still going. And even though I was working doing all that, but um, yeah, I don't know. The Nun was one of my most favorite experiences I ever from filming to doing press, like doing God, we, uh, uh, Warner brothers did this like whole press junket in, in like in an, in an old, what was it? It was something in like outside of Mexico city. It was like, I don't know if it was right. an insane asylum or an old. I wasn't there, but I remember seeing some of my compatriots out there. I think I saw oh, you guys also at comic-con. That's gotta be yeah, a trip. Yeah. Yeah. That was so cool. And if we went to comic-con first and that sort of like kickstarted, um, the first like interviews and press for it. And I was like, oh, I act, this is like, I get to talk about something I'm excited about. Like, not that I wasn't previously, but again, talking about like gaining confidence and, and being in my mid twenties, I was more assured. And so going into interviews, it wasn't like, oh no, what if I mess right. up? It's just like, cool. This is what I get to talk about. Yeah. Um, so it's very exciting. Very, very, very exciting. Does it, in the wake of that, did it increase the appetite for you know, franchise stuff. And I know that's a broad brush. There's good franchise stuff. There's shitty franchise stuff. And, you know, sure, we talked sure. Harry Potter, that's the good stuff. And there's, <laughs> there's plenty of crap out there too. But yeah. does it like, as a young actor, does it feel like, do you feel that in, in your stomach, just knowing like, oh, I, I should strategically and creatively probably try to align with one of these things. It's, mm-hmm. it's a smart move. Or is that, is that dangerous to think about from your standpoint? I think I've been really fortunate that I've been working pretty consistently over the last like decade or 11 years of my career. Um, so a lot of times when the decisions for a job comes, it's, it's sometimes it's been financial. Sometimes it's been creative and just jumping into a project I'm super excited about. Um, the nun was something I really, really wanted. I had auditioned. I remember getting the audition, getting the email for the audition when I was in the kitchen with Vera, she was in town for like two days. Um, she and the family were, were in LA and they rented a house and she was cooking dinner. I was like, Oh, that's funny. I got an audition for this thing called the, the nun. It's, it's part of the, the conjuring universe. I couldn't believe it. And I was like, well, great. I'm not going to get it, which is fine. Like, you know what I mean? I was like, there's, I get, they probably want to differentiate whatever. Right. So I thought it was going against me. Um, and then I auditioned for it and I thought I did really well. And again, I, I, it's three, you can ask my husband how rarely I call him being like, I can crush that. <laughs> And um, I got it. Yeah. I think. I mean, I don't know. I think he loved me. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Anyways, I could say it now because I did. But um, yeah, I was super, super excited for it. And I don't know. I just yeah, the idea of being a part of something that 
is a franchise already has like an established base of viewers of fans, it's exciting because, you know, you're already going to get eyeballs on it. I mean, I think part of that's also why Gilded Age was so excited for me, because, again, it's not something I watch, but um, like a period drama is not something I'm, I'm, I'm fully normally drawn to. But that world is something I've never been associated with. And on top of that, it's from a creator who's already created something that has such a fan base and people are so excited about it and yep. watching it myself, seeing how he makes these really nuanced characters, combining all that with HBO. I was like, how do I not go for this? Totally. You know? Um, yeah. What about, uh, so on the inevitable comic book side of things, I read somewhere, I don't know if it's true or not, that maybe <laughs> you did the the Hawkeye thing. You did the Kate Bishop audition. Was that something that you remember being up for? Well, that means you've done enough. I com- that means you've done I've, enough I've comic done, book I've auditions done, I've done, that I've done you can't a couple remember. <laughs> no, I have a weird memory. I like don't remember details. I remember emotions and feelings. So like, yeah, like I don't know. I, like you're talking about Bling Ring earlier. I remember uh, Katie Chang, one of the other actresses on it. She'll like remember like specific things and days and all this. And I'm like, I don't know. I was just stressed that day, or I, you know, like I just remember. I like remember. I don't know the emotion. So what is the emotion with? Like, do you get worked up about auditions? You, you talked about killing it on the on the nun, but like, are there, you've got, everyone's got the horror stories. Generally speaking, mm-hmm. do you have more than your share of that or are you pretty chill in, I in feel, that environment? I, what I like, what I do when I'm under pressure or I'm going into a scenario that causes me anxiety, which is a lot of scenarios in life. Um, I do have a lot of anxiety. I, I just, present myself as calm it's the strangest thing if it's I'm going into a room with other people not that I'm trying to hide it I take my few deep breaths and I go in and I just sort of I just sort of think how would I how would I I don't know if I was dealing with someone who's super anxious sometimes I get uncomfortable because that person is so anxious I'm like want to make them you know I don't know I just sort of so you're playing the role of confident, calm, Thaisa. exactly I mean, to get into it, then to then be prepared to play the role of the audition. That I'm, yeah, <laughs> it's a weird mind. Me- this is, this is Daniel Day Lewis level shit. This is <laughs> this is big. Um, but yeah, I, I also I know I can be hard on myself, so I always try to. Um, I don't like my highs to be too highs because high because right. I don't like my lows to be too low. So with auditions, I always try to go in and and do it. And I was and then like at the end, I'm done. It's like wash my hands. Cool. That's it. If yep. they're, if my, if my manager or my agent calls me about it, that means there's something to hear. If they don't, whatever, we'll see what the next thing is. Yep. Cause if I dwell on it too much, then yeah. I mean, I think star Wars was probably one of the only ones that I was like, Oh, did they like it? Like what's going on? Cause again, another thing I, I grew up with was, was star Wars. I loved playing like star Wars, the old Republic video games with my brother growing up. Oh, and like, cool. that was, that was my thing. Um, was that for the first one? Was that like when they brought in like everybody for those first? Bowls? It was for, I think it, been, it was, it wasn't for the first one. I think it was for, um, the rogue one maybe, or, uh, it wasn't rogue one. It was the one after that. Wasn't oh, solo. there one? Oh, solo. Wait, wait, was it, uh, no, it solo. no wait, uh, I can't remember. It's the one, it was the one. Ray had already been in one movie. You know what I mean? Wasn't oh, okay. there a so, second so, one with Ray? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a trilogy. So Last Jedi. So maybe it was the one that maybe yeah. Kelly, Kelly Marie Tran maybe eventually got that role. Who knows? I can't remember. But I I, I know what that was an audition. I didn't do well because I wanted it so badly. Oh, really? So that's why I try to keep my expectations. You didn't um, remember to play cool, calm, collected I exactly. I couldn't do it. It was also hard because those auditions, they um, it was one of the only few times that I had to do a cold read where they didn't send you the material before. You can get there an hour ahead of time. 
And I'm like, and usually I'm good at memorizing lines. Like it's, it's, it goes quick and easy, but, um, I was just so like, oh, this would be so cool. Yeah, you're worked up. And also, uh, if I'm wrong, often like the sides and that stuff for the audition materials aren't even related to really. It's like, not even, yeah, stuff. it's not even really real. No, I think there's like maybe one, I don't know, lightsaber reference or something. But, um, <laughs> so it knows you're in that world somehow, but it wasn't fully. Yeah. It's a long uh, career. We're going to secret into the universe. You in a Star Wars movie. They're going to keep making <laughs> Harry Potters. We're going to get there too. <laughs> Incredible. Um, yeah, you know, it's, I don't know, it's exciting. I, um, I'm open, I'm open to, I'm open to anything. I like new experiences. I, I like learning and growing. And I think that's why I, I was excited about Gilded Age. It was a, it was a brand new, um, yeah, it was a brand new thing to experience, a new totally. perspective to sort of understand. And I'm, I'm always game for anything, whether it's horror, horror adjacent, or apparently a period piece where I look like I'm 12 years old, <laughs> Gladys Russell, baby. Embrace it. Embrace your youth while you got I'll it. While we it. got exactly. it, we got it, right? <laughs> How's the dog or dogs? How many dogs at home? Two dogs, two, two dogs. dogs. Um, actually, um, so the older dog, her name's Red. She's a sweetheart like just emotionally I can, she, she can tell, like if I, if I come home and I'm upset over an audition, she can just, she, she knows and she comes to me. The little one who he, so she just turned 15 on Saturday. The little one, he's four and a half. I express any kind of emotion, excitement, sadness, rage. He just runs. <laughs> he's just like, Oh, you're feeling things again. Nope, like I start learning, <laughs> I start learning lines for an audition and he's like, I see his ears turning. He's like, mm, and he likes, he like, like tiptoes and like sneaks away so he's great he's a little he's a little shit and he goes on runs for me with me and he's the best but uh the older dog red she turned 15 on saturday and she was so happy and energetic and then that night she um had a really bad night and was was vomiting all night and trembling and shaking and couldn't breathe and collapsed and we had to take her to the vet and so sunday i i cried all day sunday i actually rewatched mean girls because i needed a comfort movie i was so sad and scared and she had a long life and you know we know we know to appreciate the good, but we thought maybe we had to put her down. And, and luckily, you know, luckily, um, 24 hours of care at the hospital. And then um, we were able to take her home because, you know, the vet's expensive. It's like, doesn't matter how hard you work. Like we've been in a pandemic. I was like, I love her, but like, you can only spend yeah. so much before yeah. it's it's too much. So I'm so happy we brought her home because I was, I was, I was literally about to text my publicist and be like, I don't know. I don't know if we have to tell Josh that I can't do it. I'm so I would forgiven you uh, because I, I'm a dog owner this last year. Okay, and I have, good. I have, I have grown a heart oh. where I didn't know I had one. And I relate yeah. to every single thing you're how saying. Are, how is it going? How are you as a dad? Just, I need to know real quick. Oh, I am obsessed. I am a crazy person. I like just, yeah. Lucy <laughs> is three. She's a pit mix. She's a rescue. Nice. And she, she has captured my cold heart, which is growing. I'm so glad to hear it. Yes. I'm so glad. I thought something was different about you. <laughs> <laughs> Look, and she was, and she was ill recently. And you're right. It just takes it. Oh my God. It it's I mean, like so... my husband, my husband has had her for four, she's 15. He's had her for about 14 years. I've been there for the last seven and a half. And like, it feels like you're losing a limb. And even though logically you can understand it's still like, but not yet. Yeah. Well, I'm glad they're the best. Yeah. Glad they're doing better. And Thank I'm glad. You. I'm glad Gilded Age has given us an excuse to catch up, even in these yes. crazy, ongoing, insane times and Zoom boxes. Yes. Um, congratulations on the show. Um, Appreciate it, Josh. Thanks for the time, as always. And um, and yeah, get back to your fanfic. I know you've got a big night ahead of you. <laughs> Writing or reading. I don't know what, what's up. But... I tried to write once. It was not great. Oh, no. <laughs> we're going yeah, post... to 
we're going to post that alongside the, uh, oh, the selfie me, from Bling Ring. It's been deleted Ring. a long time ago. <laughs> you flushed the cache. You deleted yeah. everything. You <laughs> threw the hard drive in the trash. Smart lady. Smashed uh, it with a hammer. There you go. Uh, Thaisa Farmiga, you did it. You did happy second fuse. Congratulations. Amazing. Achievement unlocked. <laughs> all right. Really good to see you. You as well, man. I'll see you soon, all right? Be well. And so ends another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Remember to review, rate, and subscribe to this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm a big podcast person. I'm Daisy Ridley, and I definitely wasn't pressured to do this by Josh. (laughs) 